You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! What is up, Goat Flippers? Thanks for checking out the best hardcore and metal podcast in all of the land. That's right, it's Lamb Goat's The Van Flip Podcast, and I am your host, Lurk. And if this is your first time checking out the show, we greatly appreciate it. Why don't you go ahead and give us a follow as well. And if you have the ability to share, rate, and review our podcast, please do so. It greatly helps us out with the podcast algorithm. Well, we're at mid-February, and I hope you guys had a wonderful Valentine's Day and that you got your heart all full of love and you whatever. I, I, I really hope you're just not snowed in. I know most of the country is definitely uh, under some snow. Uh, myself not included, I am in Florida and it's been about 70 degrees. Uh, today's guest, Chase, uh, from Gate Creeper, he also has kind of been able to dodge some of the poor weather, but unfortunately, Alex, he's definitely, uh, feeling cold up there in the northwest, uh, northeast. And speaking of Alex, make sure you visit lambgoat.com for everything hardcore and metal related and so we can get some of that banner ad money. Stay up to date and follow us on social media, like Lambgoat on Facebook, Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lambgoat. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page where you can watch all these interviews in video format and hit that alert bell so you can always get Lambgoat content. And if you want to get at me directly, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at LurkCity. Why don't you share me a cool Limp Biscuit meme or something? All right, now that we have that all out of the way, as I have previously stated in this intro already, today's guest is Chase, the vocalist of Gate Creeper. You can check out their latest EP that they just dropped earlier this year called An Unexpected Reality. You can stream that thing everywhere, or you can buy it through their website. They also have a live stream going on tomorrow, February the 18th. Check out gatecreeper.com for more info on that. Oh, yeah, what's this? Feel this. Oh yeah, this is stuff. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, no. Lamb Goat presents the Van Flip Podcast. Welcome to the show slash podcast, Chase Mason, vocalist of Gate Creeper. What's up? What's up? That was probably my most awkward <laughs> intro I've done so far. <laughs> By far. I was trying a new thing. You can edit it later. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that didn't work. It's not well, worthy of editing. <laughs> What's going on, Chase? Welcome to the show. I'm just, ch- I'm just chilling. Thanks for having me. How you been holding up out there so, uh, like, in the Midwest this entire time? Because it's been like a, officially a year since shows or anything fun has been going on. Um, I mean, it's been pretty boring, I guess. Uh, I did a little bit of traveling uh, last year um, and I somehow never got COVID. But then this year, at the beginning of the year, I wasn't doing anything. I barely left my house and I got COVID last month. 
tight. So that was fun. Yeah. How long you survived, obviously. I did. I think I, I think I had a pretty mild case of it, so I'm pretty lucky. I have yet to encounter yeah, your uh your Arizona brethren, I guess. Dude from Tool Maynard. Does he live in Arizona now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he lives in Jerome. I guess he got it twice, and I thought I read something about um, you know, some significant lung damage that he I suffered. Mean, I don't know how I think, how that'll impact him, you know, long term. But I guess that to me, that's sort of the scariest thing with COVID. You don't know what's going to happen. Like even if you feel, you, you read stories about people who who think they recovered and then like two days later they just die for whatever freaking reason. Yeah, it's pretty scary, and in, in Arizona in particular, like we've been back and forth. I think maybe Florida has beat us uh, at certain points of time, but like the worst places, not only in the country, but like in the, in the whole world. I think at one point I saw a statistic that like one in five people in Arizona had it or something like that. Something crazy. Damn. Damn. Interesting. Well, I was watching uh, that John Oliver show. I can't remember the name of it exactly. Uh, but they were like, um, there was a segment where they were pretty much like shitting all over Arizona, politically speaking. Uh, I'll wager a guess that you're not aligned with the ultra right wing uh, establishment there. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Do you you feel like it is like a right wing kind of place or are you in a progressive area? Um, I mean, I guess I I live in a progressive or, or more liberal bubble as far as like socially. Um, but as a whole, I think the state is definitely conservative and, um, I think religious and, um, I think at some things are like, kind of like the wild, wild West out here, you know, like with guns and all kinds of shit, you know, and, and, and now with the COVID stuff, like, I think we were one of the first, uh, states to one of the last to f- actually shut down and the first or one of the first to open back up. So I think that our government got a lot of uh, flack for that. So rightfully yeah. so. Um, but yeah, it's a pre- I would say it's like a conservative place for the most part. Yeah, that makes sense. You guys, is like Martin Luther King Jr. Day, like still not a thing there? Uh, I, I, no, I think we all, I think we celebrate all those holidays. <laughs> okay. Or observe them. <laughs> or maybe, whatever you call maybe that was like a 90s thing. Um, do daylight savings time? I don't know shit about Arizona. <laughs> See, that, we da- we don't do daylight savings time. Okay. I always so, wonder how re- that affects yeah. everybody outside. Like, how do you? How is that referenced to you outside of your state? Like, I've always wondered how that. It's just know, like um, we kind of fluctuate in between time zones. I guess, like right now, right. we're only two hours behind East Coast time, um, but sometimes. I guess it's whenever daylight savings happens, we can be, we'll be three hours um, behind or maybe the other way around. But so sometimes we're in the same, we're on West coast time. Like sometimes we're on the same time zone as California, but right now we're an hour ahead of them. So it, I, I, I honestly don't know how, I don't understand it either. Luckily I could just look at my phone and it's going to say, does your phone is, so. automatically switch <laughs> the time depending on when, what time zone you're supposed to be on? I, it if, does. This, if this were the 80s, man, that would really suck having to change your clock so frequently. I don't change the clock in my car, so like half the year, it's an hour off. Yeah, well, I guess it's the opposite. Like, we don't have to change it ever, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's... 
It makes sense. Well, you know, the there's a run. benefit to everything, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> in any case, so what was the? Do you remember the date? Like the actual date of your last show, Gate Creeper uh, show. The last Gate Creeper show was the Decibel Beer and Metal Festival. Um, that the LA version, um, and I think that okay. that was um, in December of 2019. Oh wow! So it's been right, over a, over a year. I never know what answer I'm going to get. Like someone would be like March 15th, 2018, <laughs> as tears come down the cheek. But uh, well, it, it's kind a long of time, yeah, and it was fucked up because we um, we were supposed to do the Decibel tour in uh, 2020, and it was like mayhem, a bath us and idle hands and that tour got canceled uh two days before it was supposed to start because it was it, it was starting in the middle of march and that's like right when everything started going down so yeah. uh it got canceled literally right before it was supposed to start so how badly you know not being a musician i mean i can imagine but how just how badly does that screw you i mean i assume you had like a ton of merch printed and then what you try and sell it online or to just like hold it for the next tour and hope that that next tour happens sooner um, rather than later. Both. Like we definitely, since it was so close, like we were, we were literally packed up and ready to go because the first show was in Denver. We were going to take like two days to drive there. So we were packed up and ready to go when we were told that like the tour is just canceled. Um, so we had all the merch. Um, we sold a lot of it online. Thankfully a lot of people bought it. Um, but like records and CDs and stuff, like I didn't, I didn't want to send, I didn't want to have to to mail those out. So I just have a, a bunch of those sitting yeah. around. Um, but yeah, even we had a shirt that had like the tour dates on it, and I was afraid that people, you know, I'm like, oh, these are useless now. But people actually wanted to buy those ones. Oh yeah, so, that, that, yeah, there's like going to be more rare later on. on. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, and. uh you guys have so you haven't played a show, but you have a live stream show on Friday. Yeah, am I crazy? Yeah, which is uh, I'm not, I don't have any interns to do research for me. So, <laughs> um, so what's a, how much preparation have you guys done for that? Are you guys going to wing it, or have you been like uh, rehearsing so it's just going to be this perfect uh, production? Um, well, you know, I, I was kind of resistant to doing a live stream for a long time just because. Um, you know, it, it's not going to ever replace a live show. And I, it, it took a year of not being able to play shows where, and seeing um, some cool, like successful uh, live streams that I saw. And I was like, all right, maybe, maybe it's time to do that. It's, who knows, you know, things keep getting pushed back. So I kind of came around to the live stream idea, um, but we put a lot of work into it. Um, it it's a, a little bit, of a pain in the ass or just more involved logistically because we all don't live in the same city. Um, like two of the guys live in Tucson, which is uh, like two hours away from Phoenix. And then our, our new guitar player lives in Texas. So it's, it's a little bit harder to get together and to get things ready than just, you know, if we were all lived in, in the same city, but um, we've definitely been working on it and, you know, this is, this is a multi a multi camera thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you going to be in the same so room? Like a whole video crew. Be... Yeah. All right. What was that? Are you going to be in the same room? Or are you going to be all recording from your various locations? Oh no no no! We're all in the same room. No, you got to do the same room, man. So yeah. out of curiosity, some of the ones you you said you saw a couple that you know were pretty cool. Any come to mind in particular? 
live streams uh, I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, the Full of Hell Nothing one was really cool. Okay. Um, I know Code Orange was, was doing a bunch and doing uh, some different stuff with it. And uh, I watched the Down one. I thought it was really cool because it had, at the beginning, it had like a 20 or 30 minute kind of like documentary at the, at the beginning. Um, and I thought okay. that was cool. Cause that was something that we were, we were trying to do, like incorporate, um, almost like the Pantera vulgar videos, you know, of us, like just stuff of us just fucking around, right. you know, to, to, to mix it up or, you know, have before we, we do the live stream or in between have it cut in and out. So, um, yeah, we put, we, 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 we've been playing around with doing stuff like that. Are you guys going to be playing right. live or is it yeah. going to be pre-recorded? Less live? Okay, cool. Well, um, yeah, we recorded it. We we at this venue here. We recorded it. We played live and we recorded it. But at the time, you know, it's like we're not playing live at the time that right. it's being live streamed. But um, it all it was all recorded live. I didn't know if it was going to be like somewhat interactive while playing. You know, because uh, I don't know if you'll have like a chat or something like that on your yeah. stream. So I don't think so. I know some bands have been doing it like on on Twitch. Mm-hmm. But I think for the most part, as far as I understand, like most of the bands that are doing live stream, if not all, it's like it's pre-recorded in, in some way. Because I think that there were, it would kind of be a logistical nightmare to try to actually live stream it and make it any, you know, as, as high quality Bro. as we wanted it to be. All right. Yeah, a lot can go awry. Uh, yeah. Unless you're like in a I feel like CBS studio. Big one was live. But I could be wrong about that. I'm not sure. Yeah, I guess the you know the bigger bands. I obviously uh, that's probably not a huge deal for them. But uh, the peons like us. Um, <laughs> although you did just sign a nuclear blast, so you're congratulations on your way up, I guess. Yes, yeah, congrats is. on that. Thank you. Um, I was a relapse. You released two albums with relapse, right? Yeah, two full lengths that we did. Uh, two splits on on relapse as well like kind of in between records okay i was for some reason i felt like relapse wouldn't do anything less than a three album contract and um i was a little surprised that before that third relapse uh lp came out that you guys had signed a nuclear blast but i I don't hang out in a lot of rooms when these contracts are being signed (laughs) so maybe my maybe my perspective yeah, it was just two. Um, <laughs> it was just two. Was this? Was there a uh, kind of a? I don't say bidding war because it makes it sound like you're Maroon Five, but were there a couple <laughs> labels like vying for Gate Creeper or you guys a Nuclear Blast? Sort of the the you were converging for a while for this, you know, at this deal. Um, I mean, there there was a lot of people or or labels interested. I would say. Um, and you know, we, it's like you said, you know, like people assume, you know, there, maybe we would been under contract for a lot longer and we were definitely weren't putting it out there like, Hey, we're free agents or whatever. So, um, but there was definitely, you know, people that were interested in people that I met over the years that we had, we had, um, conversations with, um, and also it was kind of a weird time, especially when, when COVID hit, like there was, that was during the time that we probably, I probably would have done a lot more of like actually meeting with people, but, um, nuclear blast had kind of came in the picture 
because I had met Monty Connor. Um, I think we, when we were on tour with like Paul Bear or something like that, who had recently signed to Nuclear Blast, I met him at the show in New York, and we'd kind of kept in contact from then. Yeah, that dude's been doing it a long time. Yeah. Uh, so the you guys signed to Nuclear Blast before the the surprise EP came out, right? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Okay. And they were just like, cool, go release that with Closed Casket or whoever. They didn't try and say, hey, let's, you know, hold off on that and make it the Nuclear Blast debut. Um, no, yeah, because we already had, um, by the time we actually signed, you know, we had already, the, that record was already recorded and finished. And even before that, even before we actually signed, but when we just started talking with them, we they knew that we were doing that. And uh, Justin right. that runs Close Casket, he is like, he works with with Nuclear Blast, like they have a, a working relationship. So it, it wasn't like just some random stranger that uh, sure. they were allowing us to do this with. They already knew. So everybody was kind of on the same page, but it was, um, we definitely had to carve that out and make sure that in writing and everything was like, that we're doing this, you know, like, so that it didn't, there wasn't right. any issues later on. And the whole surprise thing, how much of a, you know, discussion was that regarding, okay, do we do promotion beforehand? Are we killing sales by doing it this way? I'm always curious because uh, it seems like, I mean, it's the surprise thing's cool for fans. Like, hey, my favorite band just released a new album, but by the same token, for the band, I, it seems like it could be, um, you know, a little, I don't say damaging, but, but uh Loss of something like you read, you know, like when Avenged Sevenfold, and again, yeah. I'm talking a much bigger band, but they surprise released their album. They said, I thought I read some of the effect like, we're not going to do that again because it just, you know, we killed our sales. And obviously, Gate Creepers on a, you know, smaller scale. So maybe, uh, you know, it's not as the ramifications aren't as severe. But I mean, how much of a, a discussion is that? Or do you guys even care? You're just like, no, let's just release it. Surprise. That's cool. No, it was, it was definitely a surprise and it was, it was our idea to do it that way um, for a couple different reasons. Number one, you know, the record was a little bit different um, as far as our styles and we didn't want it to do like a, a rollout and put out one of the songs and people be like, Oh, is this what gay groupers changing their sound, you know? Um, and also there's eight, really short songs and there's one really long song. So either one of those we could have chose would have been a weird song to just release one at a time. And we wanted people to, you know, listen to it as a whole. Um, and also it's just like with everything going on in the world, it's, it's hard to keep people's attention. And I, I feel like that three month long rollout process was just right now, not something that was really, would really make sense. So there's a whole lot that went into doing the surprise and it was, um, it was a risk, but it, it paid off. Like it, it did really well. And I think, you know, yeah, using it's all, it's all some of the sales numbers. Pretty impressive. Yeah, it, it did really well. And, you know, we're, we're not the first band to do that. People did have referenced the uh, Avenged Sevenfold one because that kind of like flopped. But I mean, I feel like I don't, I'm not a, Avenge Sevenfold fan. I, I don't follow them, but I feel like they did that after they were already like kind of in their prime anyway. Um, yeah. And yeah. They were already, way, way past. Yeah. So it's like, it's hard to gauge that off of. And it's, you know, why we, while we, it might be a new thing that for like rock and metal bands to do it that way, because I think we're, 
labels and just everybody in general is kind of stuck in like the traditional way of every, how everybody's been doing it. But like rap and pop, you know, they, they do surprise releases all the time. Um, granted That's that true. they're not actually putting out a physical product most of the time. Like they're not putting out vinyl and CDs. It's just digital. So it makes it a little bit more complicated, but you know, like it was a risk yeah. and it paid off. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot more releases like that coming out. I think, I think it actually I'm works cool better for, because I think it works better for smaller bands. I, I, I hate know? those rollouts that drag on, you know, like we're six singles into the album and it's still not out yet. That's like that. Maybe I just get sick of posting about song premieres, so I have my unique little yeah. <laughs> perspective. But but it just seems to to really be prolonged in time. So I'm cool with it. Although I guess you know it wasn't a hundred percent of a surprise because of the you got to put an ad on the back of Decibel. I mean yeah. beforehand it didn't have any information. It didn't have that's any information true. Though. That's true. That that, that was on fact, purpose. Yeah, and that that obviously gets people talking. Uh, but. People knew something was in the works, but clearly it all worked out for you guys. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I agree. I think that the, the rollout, the three months, like it can seem even, even pre pandemic, it seems like it could drag on a little bit more. Like you see like, man, I've seen this record be posted about for, for six weeks and the record's still not even out yet. You know, like I'm already over it and the record's not even out yet. Um, (laughs) So, I mean, yeah. and we've done that before, you know, like the, you know, the two records we did on Relapse, they did that. And I'm sure that when we do our first <laughs> record on Nuclear Blast, we're going to be doing That's that. That's right. Um, yep. so I'm not going to talk too much shit about that. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. doing it on Closed Casket and doing it on, on a label who, Justin, who runs it, is a good friend of mine. And he let us have full, you know, control or whatever. And um, I could be super hands-on. So we were able to like do something a little bit different and, um you know, I'm, I'm glad with how it all worked out and it's not like we can, can tour on that record anyway. So there was so many different, um, different circumstances that made it seem like a surprise would be a cool thing to do. Did you guys write it during the pandemic? And then you, you elaborated a little bit on like how different it is. And one of the things I wanted to kind of talk to you about was be, you know, the, the 2019 release seemed like it was more of, um, I don't, I don't want to call it like a full album because, I mean, it was a full album, but the EP that you just released, like you mentioned, had a bunch of s- shorter songs, and the eighth song is, you know, pretty long. Uh, like, what thought process went into that? You know what I mean? And it, was it, and again, was it written in the pandemic time frame? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it was written in the pandemic. Um, you know, it's written and recorded uh, because it, it, basically the, the whole thing was, I look at it kind of like a project where um, we wanted to do something different and kind of explore different, you know, the different sides of, of stuff that we had already played with in gate creeper. So one, you know, one was being fast and going faster than we've ever gone. And then one was being slow and and going slower and longer than we've ever gone. Like the, the two sides of the record. Um, So that idea for the project was something that I've had for a year or two. Um, but you know, we had just put out deserted and also we had about, you know, like a year or two worth of touring planned out. So it was kind of put on the back burner of like, this would be a cool thing to do when we have time, you know, we have some downtime. And so when the tours got canceled, it's like, we have downtime now, let's just do it. Um, so we started writing, we had started writing a little bit before that, 
Um, but again, it was kind of like a farther off in the future situation. So once everything got canceled, we're like, all right, let's do this. So we finished writing and then we recorded it in July. Um, and yeah, answer your other question. It is, it is different and it's purposely on different. Um, and it, it's not necessarily indicative of like a huge style change for gate creeper. It was more kind of like an exploration and also putting kind of a, a new, new rules or uh, a removal of certain restrictions on what we usually do that like at least fueled me creatively to, to make a new record. So I will say once you push play on it, it just like from the get go, you just get punched right in the face. That was one thing I noticed right off rip. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the that's, way it should be. Damn that's, it. that's the idea. Yeah. It does. It, and it kind of like doesn't hold, uh, let up for a while. Uh, not, in a, not that that's bad, but you know what I mean? Just kind of, it goes for, it goes really nice. Yeah. Cool. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> um, when did you start uh, growing the stash out? That was something that they wanted uh, they wanted us to ask about. So uh, much power it was, <laughs> is derived from the stash, you know? I think it was in um, 2017. So coming up on four years, I guess. And what was and the... the story, uh, I have a story. I have a mustache story. Um, oh, mustache story. So when we were first started like i would say in 2016 is when we first started like really touring we had done a couple before but it was like our first package tours that we were doing and like support tours and uh every every tour my uh my upper lip would get like rubbed by the microphone and then it w- i would get like because then i would you know i would shave normally like every two days or whatever and i would start getting kind of like ingrown hairs or just sort of like a rash on my lip of just the microphone just rubbing on it um, and then I grew a mustache and it, it never happened again. Yeah. That, that answers the question as to, I was going <laughs> to ask you like, why just the mustache? And cause you seem like, you know, you could grow a full, a nice full beard too, with the mustache mm-hmm. coming in as great as it does. So it, you know, you know, so it's, it's nice. a bold so choice. Build a in, it's a bold choice. Build in mic guard. Uh, you don't need a pop filter. In the studio. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, I grew, <laughs> actually grew, I actually grew a full beard last year. Um, during quarantine. So when our last record was written and recorded, I had a full beard. I don't know if you could hear it or not, but, um, no wonder, yeah, no <laughs> wonder it's different, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That was, that was the reason why, but I don't, I don't, I don't like a full beard. It's too itchy. Too itchy. I, I, yeah. I don't like I'm a long, headache. I don't like a long <laughs> mustache. I keep my, uh, mustache very, very short. Yeah. You got a nice one. You got a nice, you know, you trim it up. You can tell. <laughs> I too also had Very a long beard one time. You know, I was a Duck Dynasty fellow for a little while. Not that I was a okay. show, but visually I was right. long bearded. So, uh, how long are we going to have to wait for that nuclear blast debut? You think? Is this like going to be three years before the next record? We'll see. I don't know, man. Like, we're already we're already starting to work on it. At least like kicking ideas around and stuff. Um, I like to take my, I usually like to take my sweet time and and tinkering with stuff and getting everything perfect. Um, And also there's the element that right now, basically we're sitting on two records that we haven't toured on. You know, we did one tour on deserted um, because it came out October, 2019. We did one tour in the fall of 2019. So if you think about it, like we pretty much have two full records that we haven't toured or like played live on. And so I'm not, 
definitely not trying to add a third record onto that before we can tour again. Um, but who knows what's yeah. going to happen. So, I mean, it's, yeah. probably, it, I could tell you with, with almost certainty that it's not going to happen this year. Uh, but Makes sense. I don't know. It just depends. You're gonna, you yeah. guys are going to have a lot of songs to practice, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so do you have a day job or anything or are you just all gay creeper all the time? <laughs> Uh, not anymore. I, I, uh, I was, I had a job or, or jobs or whatever until about like 2016 when we started touring, we put out our first full length and started touring a bunch. And then I've, um, I've been doing music full time. I have a couple other things that I do. Um, like I do graphic design. I had some stores that I ran with a friend, like as a screen printer and just kind of like different hustles, I guess you'd call it. But yeah. um, Gate Creeper and, and, and music is my my main thing, and it has been for a couple of years now. Cool. What uh, what awesome. kind of graphic design do you, do you like do um, anything specific or just like scene-based things like for friends and bands or? Yeah, uh, a lot of, fr- I mean, I started doing it just for my own band. If you see here, I have, I have a, a Xerox machine in my. Notice uh, that. So I do a lot of stuff like I do a lot of our own graphic design stuff and give it that like a uh, old zine looking um, vibe for it. And, Where's the uh, fax machine? I, th- I think it has a fax on. I haven't used it. <laughs> um, yeah, nobody knows how to fax. But I, I started. I kind of figured out and I and I, you know, honed in on this specific vibe or um, for graphic design specifically for our band. And then other bands and friends started hitting me up to do stuff like Full Fell. And um, so I started doing shirt designs and stuff for for other bands. And then I would do some like a couple record layouts, but I'm pretty minimal and it's pretty narrow of the stuff that I, that I can do or that I like to do. Um, so I'm not getting like some crazy commercial uh, design jobs, um, but not working on the new Coca-Cola logo right now. No, no, no. Uh, and uh, I eventually had to, I kind of scaled back doing things for, for other bands and, and just focusing on, on our stuff. And also in Arizona and Phoenix, like I book shows or I did. Um, so I would always make my own flyers and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, why not? Yeah. Somebody's got to do it and you save a little money and have more control and just, Makes you more autonomous, which is cool. Yeah. What, um, what kind of medium are you using? Are you using like laptop, desktop, or iPad, or drawing tablet? Um, so I'm not really an illustrator. So the, a lot of the stuff that I do is like I start it on the computer of like a collage of some sort. You know, like find something from like a an old book or like an old movie poster or something, and make some sort of Frankenstein monster on my uh, in Photoshop. And then I'll print it out and then I like I run it through the Xerox machine a bunch of times. Like I'll make a copy and I'll take that copy and copy that copy like a bunch of times until it looks, you know, beautifully fucked up. And then uh, and then I scan it back in and I'll do some other things. So uh, a lot of this stuff that you see, I I commission a lot of stuff for Gate Creeper, a lot of our shirt designs. But like if you see like the live stream flyers or anything, uh, a, a lot of flyers or promotional stuff for gate creeper. That's all stuff that I did. How long you been doing that? How long you been messing with graphic design? I mean, I probably started when I was way younger when I was a kid. Um, like in the early two thousands, you know, I got into like making 
GeoCities and Angel Fire websites. I think that's all three of us. I think that's all three of us right now. You know, like AOL Instant Messenger days and, um, you know, whatever we were fucking around with pre MySpace or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, MySpace. Yeah, I think that I had some sort of program that was like a bootleg, uh, like a budget version of Photoshop. And I started messing around with that. And then I kind of fell off and I um, didn't really have anything to make art for like, cause I'm not, I'm not really making art just for art's sake. It has like a function for it. So I think once gate creeper started up and I actually had something, you know, to make art for or, or do designs for it, And then I picked it back up. Are you self-taught the entire time or have you like, looked yeah. Up? yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. I mean, I have a couple, uh, I have a couple friends that I collaborate with, I guess, like, um, that are actually art school, um, educated like i have a friend now uh named colin that me and him like we did the new the layout for the the new record not the painting on the front but the rest of it and um a lot of graphic or like flyers for gay creepers since he has the uh you know tech technological know-how uh and i'm just like a caveman with a, a xerox machine um i i tap into him like hey how do you do this or or he'll just send me a psd file and i'll be like oh I could have I could have saved a lot of time doing it that way, but yeah. I th- so how I think, much how much ink you running through on that machine there, man? It's like a it, it comes in like a drum. It's like a huge thing like this, and it's like a powder. Oh, so they last a long time. They last a couple of years. Is it just black? And what you got to pay like five hundred dollars for? It. Not really. They're, it's not really that expensive. And and like the Xerox machines, like I this is the second one that I had because I broke the first one I had moving. Um, but you can find them on Craigslist. For like a couple hundred bucks is it just the black printer or the ink uh the whole printer really oh, yeah that, that looks expensive from here but i mean it was probably expensive in 1994 so. <laughs> all right well you're only you know 25 years behind i shouldn't be i shouldn't be giving out all my secrets i know, I know. I'm, I'm writing all this down man <laughs> Four times. Uh, <laughs> that's the, that, that's uh, that's uh, when he made fun of the '94. I was like, well, that would be like when zines are photocopied exactly. and shit. So yeah, that's that makes true. sense. Well, well that's the Good whole time. thing with with that like look of stuff. It's like you can make things look xeroxed or pretty close to that if you're looking for that look in just in Photoshop. Like you never have to leave your computer. But if you really want to make it, like if you really want to do it the right way you got to use the Xerox machine. Like you can't fake the funk, you know? Yeah. Uh, you are, you're not a Xerox poser for sure. <laughs> Proofs right there. That's, that's interesting. I never really even thought of doing it that way. I never heard, I mean, I'm not like up in the art scene or technique thing. I didn't know how to use Photoshop, but only, you know, for web crap. But I, yeah, that's interesting. I never really heard of the whole mutation via Xerox kind of process. And you've never thought of uh, doing it for, like yourself, like because you mentioned earlier you didn't have anything to make art for. So you don't. Do you not think of uh, making like a? I don't want to say like an Etsy shop, but like a shop where you would sell like prints or something like that, like you know, digital art prints. Because bedazzled jean jacket. <laughs> yeah. I'm coming well, around to the idea that graphic design could also be like print printed and you know hung yeah. and stuff. So. It, it's like a gray area for that sort of stuff because it just like 
I guess the medium or the references or, um, you know, the pieces that I use for stuff, since I'm not an illustrator, it's not like I'm drawing something completely new. Like if I'm making a flyer, I think it's perfectly fine to like take a piece from like an old movie poster or something else, you know, and turning it into my own. But if I was like, selling something or that's why I also like don't do our own album or I try not to do album covers, but I, I think for flyers, it's a little bit different and for other things. But um, I think that also on the same, on the same page of if I was to sell something that had like, it was a flyer that had other bands on it. Like, I don't know. I would just feel weird about selling something like that. You know, I didn't know. I meant like creating uh creating original artwork that necessarily wasn't band oriented, but you know, yeah. but so you would feel awkward about like some copyright infringement slash like IP stealing. If you like, even like, I, I, cause like, like you said, it's, it's a fine line and I don't know what, what legal, yeah. what legal would say about that, but you know. yeah, well that stuff is a fine line and it is a gray area because there's like fair use, you know, and they say there's like us, you have to change something a, a certain percent, but like, how do you quad? how do you quantify that? And a lot of the stuff that I do use is like, there's like fair use websites or, you know, what's it um, public domain. So like, I try to use a lot of that stuff, but there's just, I would rather not like fuck around with that. And also like, I, I would say that I do graphic design, but I, I'm not one of those people that I want to be like, Oh, I'm a I'm an artist, <laughs> you know, I'm a graphic artist. Like I do it specifically because there's a function for it. So there's a need and you don't want to outsource yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Now, do you have any, uh, like go to, you said, you said movie posters a couple of times. Do you have like, uh, Things you specifically go to, like I'm going to 30s Italian. Party. You're gonna have him reveal. <laughs> I don't all even of know the secrets. Thing, but. Yeah. Well, without giving uh, too much away. Well, I definitely um, over the years just like find there's like all kinds of crazy blogs that have a bunch of archives and stuff like that. Or like I remember when Tumblr was a thing, there would always be some cool shit on there. Um, diff- just online, just a bunch of stuff, and then I have a uh, I'll go to like book. Um, book fairs or just weird like used bookstores and look for just some, cool. some stuff that's that so looks basically cool. out there searching for inspiration yeah and then making it like i mean collage I, I think collaging is a is a valid you know form of art so that's basically what i'm doing interesting yeah you could definitely, I, I don't think about it enough i don't know <laughs> You could definitely like I hate saying Etsy store, but some kind of store. You know, I feel yeah. Because some of well, the stuff I used you to, I want. used to have a store uh, with my friend who's a, a screen printer, and we would make uh, I guess you would call them bootleg shirts. Like I would, uh, we had a store that we'd make wrap shirts. So I made like Big L shirt, UGK shirt. Uh, we made a three six mafia shirt, and I got a cease and desist for it. Um, but I was designing, they were like original designs Mm -hmm. for, um, because it started because I just wanted shirts for like some rapper or something that they don't really make merch or it's not cool uh, for the most part. So I was like, I'm just going to start making my own. Make your own. And then we started selling them. Um, But it's a gray area. So it's, and it's also a weird thing for me. Uh, You know, like I'm not trying to get jammed up in any sort of situation. So, and I mean, cause there's like a whole, I don't know if you guys, are interested in that sort of thing, but like, I really like band shirts. Um, and there's a whole like 
world of bootleg band shirts. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, for sure. I'm on Depop. <laughs> yeah, so, like, that's a huge thing, um, and it's be, and I think it's even blown up in the past couple of years um, with people. It's kind of – it's very DIY. It's like, oh, I can make this. I can design this and then, you know, have my friends screen print it or whatever. So I was definitely kind of in that game for uh, for a while, but um, I, there's a lot of things that I used to do that now with just the band doing a lot more, I've just had to kind of, you know, slim down on other activities that I'm doing. And, and also out of necessity, like there's not, um, I was doing that to, to supplement um, being in a band full time so that I could just make a living off of it. But, but that you no know, desperation or whatever is a little bit, um, a bit lessened over the, over the years. So, I don't know. Artistically, it's it, artistically it's fun, but also it's a, it's a gray area that I'm also being a musician. And like, if you're a musician and you're you're bootlegging shirts <laughs> of other musicians, like I'm not trying to have someone get get mad at me for that. Right. So, so but you, you have sympathy for the uh, you know the 19 year old arrested in Iowa for bootlegging Gate Creeper shirts. Yeah. <laughs> if I saw, I've actually have seen some of that stuff, and I'm like, I'm not there's like on eBay or something, you know, like some patch. And I'm like, I'm not mad that this is being bootlegged, but I'm mad that it looks like shit. <laughs> As you should That's be. what I'm mad at. Should be. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would be galling. It's like, dude, <laughs> you're going to make something custom, make it nice. Yeah. Sullying our uh, brand with that shit. Yeah. So you, uh, you like, uh, you like rap then I, I would assume if you're making bootleg rap shirts, uh, mm-hmm. what, what are some of your favorites? And is it a current, do you like current hip hop rappers and only like throwbacks? Um, it's changed. Like when I was younger and uh, I was into like, you know, when I was getting into skateboarding and like punk at the time, I think that skateboarding and like old, old, like New York hip hop sort of stuff was went hand in hand, you know, like Wu-Tang, Nas, mm-hmm. um, like West Coast, like hieroglyphic souls of mischief, whatever they call like golden age hip hop. So I really like that sort of stuff and um, any of the Wu-Tang related like Raekwon and shit. And then um, somewhere down the line, I got more into like the Southern rap stuff. So yeah, that's more of this, more of the, the, uh, the vibe that I'm, that I'm into now, like three, six mafia and that any of the three, six related stuff um, like UGK. Yeah. It's more like eight my, ball. When I grew up in. <laughs> yeah. Like eight ball MJG, like, Scarface, all that shit. That that's that's more my my speed now. Yeah, I'm so, all about Soldier Boy. I'm making Soldier Boy shirts back here. <laughs> <laughs> but there's not a whole lot of there's there's not a whole lot of modern stuff that I'm. I know I have a lot of friends that have tried to get me into like what's that Griselda? A lot of the Griselda stuff, but I haven't really um, gotten into it. I do like some SoundCloud rap though. I, I will say that, but that's not even really rap. Like when you say like SoundCloud rap, you're talking about like just the new like the new hip hop that comes. No, out? I'm like, talking about like, like Lil Peep. Okay, yeah, yeah, that. Not I like, like Lil Peep. Not like a trailer. Park. I call it like Trailer Park rap, like Suicide Boys and Puya. Oh and yeah, stuff. see that Suicide Boys. It's like I mean, they're it's. I would rather just listen to Three Six Mafia, um, but I don't know. I I I I'm always looking for new music, and if there's something new, I'll 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 check it out. So I, I'm not don't want to shit on anything so but most of the as far as rap stuff is is older 
that I that I I'm into. What's a genre that uh, a casual gate creeper fan would be a surprised Chase listens to? Um, I guess if if it's they're casual, um, I uh, I love like emo or like early two thousands emo stuff. Um, I Drop mean, some I, names. I talk about that all the time. So if, if someone follows me on like social media, they'll know that. But Jimmy World is from my hometown, Mesa, Arizona. They went to my went to my high school. I mean, they're older than me. So Jimmy World and all that stuff and like. Uh, <sighs> I don't know. I can name off. I think when you say the word emo, people uh, you definitely have to automatically. Clarify. Yeah, they're terrified automatically. And uh, but I think people now will automatically think that you're talking about like My Chemical Romance or like Fallout <laughs> Boy. You were say that. Yeah, but that's not what I'm talking about. You know, like um, that stuff. It, it is what it is. But um, I don't yeah. know. You have and, the same it, problem with screamo. You know. Yeah. But in the early 2000s, especially because Jimmy World was like popping off and they were from here, um, that was like, that was the thing. Like if you played in like a high school band, you probably wanted to be Jimmy World and there was house shows and they were all like emo bands. So it, it's a dirty word and I, and I understand that, but um, I love that shit. <laughs> no no shame. No no shame in that. No. So do you do you enjoy going to the Well, DJ you didn't say emo Polka. Nights? I was hoping you were going to say Polka, but... <laughs> I didn't Sorry, name any other names, but I'll, I'll say Get Up Kids is, a, is another good one, too. Sunny Day Real Estate. Yeah, that's, there's, that's there's the, three names. When I hear emo, those are the bands I think of. And I get, I, when people on Twitter love to call everything emo, obviously. But. Yeah, it's totally changed, you know, like, especially now with emo nights. Yeah. Like, I would never go to one of those. Like, that sounds like a hellscape. That's like the last place I would ever want to go to. But the the name or tag emo is like, completely changed from i guess that just like dates myself and, and, I'm, and i'm an old man now if i'm like no not that's not really emo uh, and also that's kind yeah of, I, I yeah we have that problem with all these genres whether it's metalcore or as i said screamo it's just you know it's always something different to the older people the newer people and it's like you open that door starting to argue about what is or what isn't it just never ends well so like yeah. now i'm just at the point well whatever you know, actually, you want to call freaking uh, Nickelback metalcore. <laughs> actually, one of the things I think that you not maybe you didn't say Chase, but it was on like an interview you did a couple years ago with uh, the guy from Nails. Um, you guys were talking about how like small communities, you know, hardcore kids went to the metal shows, and you know they went to all the shows, and yeah, that kind of makes me think like how I just categorize scene music. I because I also went to all the shows too, so like. To me, like, even though metalcore, metal, emo, and all that blah, 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 all those genres, it's all, like, scene music to me, and I just categorize it as such, so. Yeah, well, there's broad, a specific, but. like, I think I feel like it's, the after a while, there's this very specific, like, when you say scene, I think of, like, the Warped Tour, like, boy band, metalcore bands, and, like, V-neck shirts, and, like, Toms, uh, so... I know it, I'm going to piss people off, but I mean, like, it, I'm going to piss some people off, but like the hard, <laughs> the hardcore scene. Mm. That's what I oh, kind of okay. refer to it as. Like, everything under the umbrella is the hardcore scene because mm. it kind of, all, I don't know. I don't want to say it all derived from the hardcore scene, but, you know. Yeah. I, I associate the word scene, if you're talking about, like, scene metal or, like, scene music, Type I pants. associate that with, like, 
the MySpace era, yeah. you know, like neon, whatever, attack, yeah. attack or some shit. Attack, attack. Yeah. <laughs> you um, say the word neon and I'm thinking attack, attack. Yeah. <laughs> um, Crab core. Yeah. Oh. One, one of the things we're talking about, like goofy, uh, like associations with and how, how people, you know, we're in metal, like, it's such a nerdy thing where we're like, no, that's not black. That's not black death metal. That's, you know, or it's, it's death metal with melodic black metal elements or whatever, you know, like in someone, uh, I've seen people called gate creeper death core. And, <laughs> but they're, it's really, I think that someone they're trying to say it's like death metal with like a hardcore influence, hardcore. but if yeah. you say death core, I'm like, we're not a death core band. No. Like, right. Cause but, you're just picturing dudes in tight black, shirts with gauges yeah. and i mean i have that obviously i you know all these articles all these stupid well some are stupid some are some are amazing but these posts i <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's like i put a lot of thought or i decide not to put thought in like genres because i always feel like i'm just gonna get um you know bad feedback do i call this band metalcore do i put metal slash hardcore do i call it metallic hardcore because as you said, like certain genres, they just they, they have all this baggage. And while the sound may, you know, be sort of faithful to the genre by name, the scene and the um, the accoutrements of that genre, they don't match up. So it's like a big, a big freaking hassle to even sometimes I'm just like, no, I'm not going to put a genre because it's just there's no way I'm going to get this right. And other yeah. times I'll put like four slashes. You know, hardcore <laughs> slash death metal slash thrash slash crossovers. It's like, oh, I hate the genre shit. But I mean, it all makes sense. What do you yeah. tell? Uh, what do you tell Aunt Marjorie at the at your grandmother's Christmas dinner when she says, "What kind of band? What kind of music does your band <laughs> play, Chase?" I just say a metal band, like ACDC. <laughs> yeah, Van Halen. Oh we, God, I love that metal. We kind of have a, a running joke uh, on tour, like you're at like a gas station or it's like a, a toll booth person. They're like, Oh, y'all a band. And you're like, yeah. And they're like, what's your, what's your band's name? And we, we like mud vein is one that we say all the time. Nice. Um, <laughs> or just like make up different band names. And because mud veins risky. Cause you're going to get some, you know, toll dudes that are like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But they don't, but, but, but they, they also, have to, they they have to you can be like, before you pick the band. Yeah, and you can be like, yeah, we just normally wear makeup, but this is what we normally look like. <laughs> I wear like a bald Slip cap. Not, I have baby. a bald cap yeah. on. You know. Yeah, that's funny. We're mushroom heads. I like it. Yeah, mushroom <laughs> Yeah, nobody knows what they look like. Fuck it. Um, you guys like that black metal prank call, the classic YouTube one? Have you ever listened to that? <laughs> no, She's like, yeah, I like that mushroom head. <laughs> I'm not, I've not seen that. I'll have to I'm going to look it up right after this. Yeah, I think it's just called Black <laughs> Sounds metal, promising. Black Metal Prank Call. I I guarantee you both will like it. I don't even I don't even know you guys, but you'll probably like it. Hey, you know I grew that's up on Jerky Black boys. Metal Mushroom Head. That that's a winner for me. <laughs> yeah, I love a good prank call with the uh, Crank Yankers and the again oh, uh, Jerky Boys. You know, so Jerky Boys. <laughs> hey, yeah, now we're really dating ourselves. <laughs> that's that was funny shit when you were a teenager. Yeah, that was pretty. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. of course before that was pre-internet, kind of. I guess I had this. We had well, the CD. Yeah. Internet ruined everything. I was actually just thinking about that uh, because I watched Happy Gilmore last night because it was the 25th anniversary of Happy Gilmore, 
And I was thinking about how me and my friends used to listen to the to the Adam Sandler comedy album. Do you guys remember that? I almost <laughs> bought it because um, it, it's like, like the goat the goat skit. <laughs> I never had it. <laughs> yes, dude, dude. I um, I almost bought it. It's at the bookstore. It's for two dollars, and it's like pristine condition and on CD. And I was like, dude, the only reason I would buy it not to listen to it, uh, but is for nostalgia, and because mm. I grew up with with that and. Me and my friends in middle school would just quote the shit out of that, and yeah, well, that goat skit was just that's, so fucking hilarious. Bro. Yeah, <laughs> have fun, mush meeting. I say that, that shit still. <laughs> you say fuck me, my goat ass. No, I, I say have fun, mosh uh, mosh pitting. Whatever he talks about. <laughs> but nobody like no younger people like a comedy album. They probably would be like, what's that? Yeah, that's what I, that's why I, I was thinking. I still have a vivid memory of being like five years old or something and my neighbor got a freaking eddie murphy comedy out you know this is going way back but <laughs> put that shit on and it was like he did this be up your butt song which is so stupid but that's like that's all we had yeah well, he's funny too oh well so you like do you like comedy then chase you're a comedy you're a comedy guy or you just were like you know it was 25 years ago tonight's the night i saw this post <laughs> on instagram he can still whack the ball me yeah, as well. that was pretty much it. I mean, I do like funny movies. You know, people, you know, it's it might be blasphemy, but like, I'm not a huge horror movie guy. What? Um, I mean, I know I'm not really like the stereotype. You can't be a metal, man. Yeah. This guy likes kick emo and doesn't like horror movies. And he yeah, really kick like me out right now. Band. The people right. are right. The people are right. Breaking I am news. a poser. Chase Mason watches Friends every night. Yeah. Actually, I'm more of a Seinfeld guy, but yeah. Good call. Um Seinfeld, uh, yeah, I, I watch I'll, that shit over and over again. I like comedy. Yeah, do you, do you like I comics or like do you like just comedy, like movies and shit? I mean, I would say movies. I don't watch a whole lot of stand-up comedy. Um, I mean, there's the classic like combos of them, you know, like uh, Chappelle Show. I, I revisited recently. Mm-hmm. Um, you you state me like you like the older shit more than the new stuff. So like. You, you you seem to be the kind of guy that rewatches movies a lot. Like, yeah. uh, what are what are some of your top? If you could, off the top of your head, like just go to comedies. Encino Man, number one. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's my favorite. Um, oh, you've set a high bar. Yeah, I mean, I I guess not just comedy, but like I would say my favorite movies are uh, Encino Man, Goodfellas. Oh, burn after that's reading, that's my top three. I've not seen Burn after reading. You haven't? It's kind of weird. I even, that doesn't even ring a bell to me. But it's got a bunch of it's, it's got a bunch of big guys in it, like um, Brad Pitt. It's a Coen right? Brothers movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, all right. Guys, I can't is it Gwyneth Paltrow in that? Gwyneth Paltrow and Brad Pitt. Is George Clooney? Uh, yeah, Brad Pitt. George Clooney's in it too. Yeah, there's a bunch of people. Oh, and Brad Pitt's this weird, weird. It's a lot of hot dudes. Weird guy. This weird. Uh, fitness guy but yeah there's yeah, a there, there's that quote i can't remember i i feel like there was a band that uh in the era where bands always had movie samples in their in their records <laughs> yeah um between every song my band a, that the, was my band one of my favorite <laughs> samples is from uh burn after reading where he, that brad pitt characters he's like i thought you might be worried about the security of your shit <laughs> what album? I don't know. I can't. I can't remember. But I feel like somebody did. What is your? You know, you're probably right. 
What's your favorite uh, sample ever used in in a song? <laughs> That's a tough. Or what one. one stands out other than that one to you? Not like favorite. What which ones which ones stand out to you? Like I don't know. I mean, I, I've never samples? been really a fan of it. Um, I remember like that band Graf Warlock, and that was like their whole their whole thing was like action movie samples. Um, I was like that. If you ever heard of that Kill Whitney Dead band way back mm-hmm. in the day, yeah, I seen it was them like live half before. their albums were like, oh really? Half yeah. their albums were like, I feel like they were like samples of shit. Yeah. Um, okay. One one that sticks out to me. It's not even that old, um, but the Magruder Grind album. I think it was their self titled. They had like a a Trailer Park Boys sample, and they also had um, this. You another YouTube video that's one of my favorites. This like cable access preacher named reverend x um and they sampled that and i thought it was is that was the cool old guy like a, yeah he's like a, he he's a he just talks shit and he's talking like, tongue no no that's the farting preacher guy that i'm thinking of never mind you had me at cable access preacher i mean oh, if there ever there was a winning formula that's it that's like i mean that's not even it, the half of it just okay put it you got black metal for prank call and then look up Reverend X after that. That's your is this YouTube guy had maybe had he been in prison at one point and likes to cuss uh, on? Uh, yes, yes. He likes to cuss during his. And thing? he dances. Is he maybe like a someone who might have lived the street life at some point? I yeah, think I might have seen yeah. this guy. Yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah. He was yeah. one, that was one of my first like internet videos I found like yeah, back in classic. the day. Oh my god, that was yeah. A- Reverend X. The internet's made for that shit, but I haven't seen it. Yeah. Oh, I've got some assignments now. Check out. Oh, dude, he goes hard on the camera. He goes so hard. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> All right. One that well, sticks out uh, to me: oh. the uh, sample is the uh, Mel Gibson and Signs. There's no one watching out for us. But it's also like one that's right before a breakdown and uh, remembering never. Why? Wow, what album's that? I like Signs. Uh, I remembering never. Oh, remember oh, Women okay. and Children first? Do you do you remember that Bleeding Through album and it had that like yes. I think it was Boondock Saints? Yeah, that uh, one too. Yeah. There was a firefight. Yes. That's a great one. <laughs> God, all, I, all I keep hearing is that scream and the Dillinger Escape self titled. But I don't know where that or not self titled, calculating infinity the debut. I don't I don't know where that scream came from though. Yeah, it's anytime somebody says sample, I like keep hearing it. That and you know a wheelheim scream opening up thirty six chambers. I love when you're watching a movie. Well, I guess they have like a meme for it now, where it has like you know that meme where it has like Leonardo DiCaprio and he's like staring at, he's like pointing at the TV. Mm-hmm. But I have those moments where you know you're watching a movie and you're like, oh, I know that this man <laughs> yeah. sampled this. <laughs> yeah, if you do it in reverse order, it's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Hey, this movie got this song from. Poison. <laughs> anyway, well, I want to keep. I feel like this could go on for hours. Now yeah. we go down the movie. Uh, we're just we're just rabbit hole. Shit. Yeah, just which is what we aim to do here. But yeah. we also aim to not keep our guests, you know, up all night and not that that uh, copy machine is quiet and probably needs to be fired up. It does. <laughs> right, so, Dave, you had anything? Uh, did we miss anything? Not that we had an agenda. No, sure, not but. necessarily. I think we're all good. Uh, um, Gay Creeper live stream. Uh, check it out this weekend. Yeah, where can you go? Friday. Where can they go see? Uh, where can they go watch this? Is it at the website uh, or? Yeah, we we built our own site for it, so it's gaycreeper.com. Um, that right now you can buy the tickets for it. 
and some other merch. And then that's where you're going to watch the stream. And then it it's live, like it premieres, I guess, uh, on Friday evening. And then throughout the weekend, you can like just watch it on demand, I guess. Cool. Well, Sweet. well, everybody out. go check that out. Otherwise, Chase is going to have to start, you know, making bootleg rap shirts again. He'll probably end yeah, up in jail. Please, he won't get a new please, cake creeper out. Please. Uh, All right. Hilarious. Sweet. Right, well, thanks for having me, guys. No problem. Man. Thanks, thanks so much for uh, coming on. Appreciate it. Yeah. Peace out. See ya. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind, uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick, and usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work, but we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh revisiting classic material talking about the new classics um all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that that you either love want to love or hate yeah imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that that uh, has impacted your life uh and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week so triangulate your speakers Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind Podcast.